Hey everyone, it's Pastor Micah, lead pastor here at High Praise Crestview. I want to say thank you for choosing to listen to today's podcast. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from today and go connect with us on social media as well. My prayer is that as you listen to this message, you're encouraged, blessed, and transformed by the power of the Word of God. Now open your heart and get ready to receive what God wants to speak to you today. Open up your Bibles, though, to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. We're going to continue in our series. What is the name of our series? Don't Talk About Money, a series where we talk about money. Now, many of you know that Halloween is coming up, um, and oh no, I said the word in church, so I, I might get a stone thrown at me or something. Uh, there is a holiday coming up on Tuesday, and most of the time, um, whenever this season comes around, I try to switch what I'm going to preach and uh, actually talk about fear or anxiety and things of that nature whenever we begin to get into the season because it is a season where a lot of people are those senses are heightened in around this time and and those feelings and those insecurities are heightened in this time and I was talking to Pastor Chelsea and I said babe I, maybe I should change my message you know I gotta finish the series though and right then and there the Lord gave me this idea on a message the Holy Spirit gave me this idea and if you want a title for your message this morning it's going to be this the financial monster named FOMO. The financial monster named FOMO. Anybody know what FOMO is? Anybody ever heard that before? Anybody? Raise your hand. You know, anybody? Okay, so FOMO is this. FOMO, the meaning of FOMO, I have it in on the screen up there. It's, a, it's the second screen, Landon, if you will. Um, FOMO is this. It's a fear of missing out. So that's what it does. Fear of missing out. FOMO. Fear of not being included in something such as an interesting or enjoyable activity that others are experiencing. Okay? That is what FOMO is. So we're talking about the monster, if you will, within our lives often that shows itself forth in the way of financial FOMO. And at some point in time, I guarantee you, you have found yourself fighting this thing. Now, I want to step back, though, and say this real quickly. Money is not a monster, okay? Money itself is not a monster. That's why we have the scripture. First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says, the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. So money by itself is not evil. Money by itself is a tool, actually. And what happens is it is the intent that which we use our money which makes it a monster or makes it meaningful within our life. Money can be a good thing, okay? Money is a good thing. Guess what? God wants you to have money. He does not want you to be broke, busted, and disgusted. He desires that you live in his provision. He desires that you live in the wealth of the Lord so that you you can turn around and be provision for others, okay? But what happens is once we get money within our hands, it is our actions, our desires, and intentions with it that determines whether it becomes a meaningful force or blessings or curses or a monster or meaningful. And I know we already put it up on the screen, but I'll say it again. Money is not a monster. You make it one. 
Your intentions makes it a monster. Your intentions makes it evil. Your heart in which you use money, how you hold on to it or how you freely let it go, that is what really makes it a monster within your life. Now, I want you to understand when I'm using the word monster today, I'm really just talking about an aggressive force within your life. You, you have the ability to make money an aggressive force within your life that is constantly battling with you. We talked about this in week one and two of the series that money cannot be your master. You cannot be mastered by money, but you need to make your money matter. And we do that by kingdom investments and so on and so forth. But we've been talking about, we're talking about financial FOMO this morning. Now, living with financial FOMO turns money into a monster within our life. Financial FOMO is different than normal FOMO though, okay? Normal FOMO is the fear of missing out just in general. Financial FOMO is fear of missing out because we will never have enough. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in that place where you're like, man, I'll never be able to go do this because I'll never have enough to go do this. I'll never have enough to take my kids on a trip to somewhere out of town to Disney or something like that because I'll never have enough. And you're always afraid you're going to miss out on something because you're always looking somewhere else. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. You're always looking way ahead, way down the pipeline, and you're missing a beauty, the beauty of right now and what's happening in your life right now and how your kids are growing up right now and how your marriage can be successful right now. I'm way ahead of myself, but this is good this morning, okay? It is financial FOMO, though, makes it to where we are afraid of missing out on things that we could do because we're afraid of never having enough. Financial FOMO is a relentless and often overpowering force within our lives. And we see others seemingly thriving financially, and we begin to question our own choices. We begin to question our own paths. We begin to question everything that we're doing. And really what it ends up leading to is miss, um, it leads to miss uh, counseled decisions because we are counseled by our flesh and not counseled by the spirit. We're, because we're always looking at Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and all these other people that we're following, and we're looking at, oh man, this person got to go do this. And well, let me just let you in on a little secret in case you didn't know. Those are highlight reels. I, you know what? I should have prepared this better, I guess, because what I should have done is I should have, uh, recently we got to take our kids to Disney World, and we had a fantastic time. It was probably one of our best family trips we've ever taken. We had a great time together. But can I tell you that we, the photos that we posted were all like really pretty photos. They were cute, you know. It's them, the kids having fun, except for Reagan, that one picture that Pastor Chelsea posted. He was upset. Uh, he really wasn't upset. He was just, the sun was bright. But if I actually posted the real photos of what happened in Disney World and throughout the week, the times where they were crying and hitting each other and being brothers and aggravating and nagging one another and the times I was like, will y'all just please be quiet for a second? Dad's driving is bad traffic. Chill, okay? We don't post those things. So often just remember this whenever you're seeing people's lives and what's going on. Realize there's also things that are going on that you don't see and not to mention, don't forget about the things that led to where they are now. They were faithful. They were practical. They were smart with what they had. They, they, they tithed. They gave offerings. They did the things they're supposed to do according to the word of God. And so what happens is we see these people thriving and begin to question what we're doing and our choice and our path. And then we start running after things that we were never called to run after. And we start going after decisions that we were never supposed to go after because we're concerned that we're going to miss out on what those people have when God has something for you right now. Amen. 
And what you're doing is you're cursing your future because you're looking to your future in the wrong light. You're not looking it through the lens of the spirit. You're looking through it through the lens of the flesh. And the Bible advises us to this. It says, walk in the spirit so you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you won't go do just what you want to do. You need to walk in the spirit because what you want to do most of the time is not the right thing to do. You make dumb decisions. I've made dumb decisions, okay? And that's why it's important that we walk in the spirit. Whenever we begin to look at these things, though, then we're tempted to chase after trends, to take financial risks that we have no means taking, and to accumulate wealth at any cost. That becomes what we're doing. And we lose sight of true values and the importance of financial responsibility. And we also miss out on walking in faith. You may want to write this down because this is really good. Financial FOMO will keep you from taking faith steps. Financial FOMO will keep you from taking faith steps. Y'all can cut the haze, please. Because ultimately this, financial FOMO is misplaced trust. Financial FOMO, the fear of missing out because you'll never have enough, is just actually misplaced trust. It's it's saying that I don't really trust that God will provide for me in all the ways that he says that he'll provide for me. It's It's really questioning whether or not God will do what he said he'll do. But it'll keep you from taking those steps of faith. What do I mean by that? Even when God tells you to move and he gives you the clear pathway on how to do it, you don't do it because you're afraid he won't provide. And you miss the faith step that God's calling and requesting of you. Now, please understand me. uh, This is something that dad's always taught us to do is that we preach balance, okay? So uh, sometimes we talk a lot about one certain thing because I don't want you to run away and go, well, Pastor Micah said for me to go quit my job tomorrow and go out in faith. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that whenever the Lord clearly speaks to you and you've had count... First of all, you need to, after he speaks to you, you need to get more counsel on the matter. You need to ask in the multitude of counsel, there are safeties, what the scripture says. So you need to find counsel, uh, biblical counseling, and find people who will pray over this and believe over it and ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying? But what I'm saying is this, what we have to do is we have to believe in God whenever he speaks something and then counsel says, yes, absolutely. That means that we need to go do it because what financial FOMO does is I'm not going to move or I'm not going to go do this or I'm not going to take this next step because I'm afraid God won't provide. Yes, God, I hear you clearly saying, go pay for that person's food. But if I pay for their food, what if I don't have money for my food? Listen, if God's telling you to do something like that, it's because he's going to provide a way for you, okay? You've got to really, truly trust in God in this area of your life. Fear in any manifestation is not of God. In any manifestation, fear is not of God. Time and time, time and time, and time and time, time after time. And again, we see in the Bible that it says, fear not, do not fear. Jesus says, my peace I leave to you, my peace I give to you. Listen, God is a God of peace, not a God of fear. And he's not trying to scare you into salvation. He's not trying to scare you into tithes and offerings. He's not trying to scare you into believing. He is just calling these things of you. And then we have to have his peace about these situations and walk in trust in the Lord so that we will see these things come to pass. But fear is not what God wants for you in your present. Fear is not what God wants for you in your future. Fear has one place. 
in the past. <laughs> the past is in the past. Let it go, okay, Elsa? Like, it is not for your now. It's not for your future. It is only for the things that have already happened. And even that, you need to be delivered from the fear of having to go back or something like that, okay? It's, God wants you to proceed in faith, proceed in trust. Now, I want to read a scripture real quickly in Philippians 4.19, very familiar passage, and this is how we combat financial FOMO, Okay. This is how we combat. This is one of the great scriptures that we have, and I'll give you a couple of them real quickly. Philippians 4.19 says this, And my God will supply every need of yours according to what? His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. What are his riches, okay? Like, how much is his riches? Well, Psalm 24, let's go back to the very beginning of this series whenever we shared this scripture. Psalm 24, 1 and 2. The earth is the Lord's and its fullness, the world and all those who dwell within. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Can we go over to Psalm chapter 50 now? and 10 and 11, it says this. For every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. Listen to me. you got to remember, once again, this is an agricultural society. So what God, the prophetic statement that is being made in this moment is God owns everything and has got a lot more than you have. So we can understand now, if we have that, that view of God and his riches and glory, then guess what that means? He's got way more than enough to provide for you, for me, for your brother, for your sister, for your grandmammy, for your grandpappy, and everybody else in your family. God's got more than enough to provide for everyone if you'll just actually, you'll actually believe in him. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. The, the, the economy of this world is limited, but heaven's pockets are unlimited the economy of heaven is on a different level than the economy of the u.s or any other country or all the countries combined the government rests upon his shoulders which means this god owns everything and he knows how to provide and when he has to provide As a matter of fact revelations 21 explains heaven like this it explains like this like like streets of gold and walls of jasper and crystals everywhere. Just, just, just imagine a TBN set for some. I'm just playing. Don't really. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble this morning. Just imagine streets of gold. Okay? Now, does heaven actually look like this? I don't know. I've never been. Okay? I'll go one day. I'm not ready yet. Does it actually look like this? No, but what it, it, what it is speaking of is this is heaven's wealth is limitless. Heaven's wealth is limitless. That's his riches and glory. He owns it all. Many of us have maybe heard this scripture in Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. We've also heard this scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what comes after? All these things will be added unto you. These verses teach us that our needs are known to God. And he will provide for us in his way and in his time if we continue to seek him. If we delight ourselves in him. Because what's, when you delight yourself in the Lord and you follow his path and his ways, 
you realize what you often are calling a need is not a need at all. It has a way of shifting and changing your perspective. And that goes through our finances really big time, I'll say that. Whenever we first, in the beginning, the first fruits of all of our increase, whenever we honor, hang on, I do have some cash. <laughs> when we honor God first with our wealth and we say, God, I bring you an offering, I bring you my tithe, and I put it before you. I'm honoring you in that way. When you continuously do that, it has a way of changing your perspective about your needs and about your wants. Whenever you begin to care for those that are in need, actual need, not I'm throwing a hissy fit tantrum need, like I want my Lexus and I want it now, okay? Like, but whenever we begin to help those help those in need and we're generous to those in need that has a way of changing your perspective on what is really important in life and you realize having the newest nicest things isn't necessarily the most important if i can actually provide for others now i'm not saying that god doesn't want you to have new nice things okay y'all know my heart in this and the way i'm saying this god desires that you live in the blessing of the lord we believe that in the provision of the lord he desires, he does not want his children to not have anything, okay? We are not a poverty church. We are, pros, we are a prosperous provision church. That's what we believe. We don't believe in, I heard some, uh, a pastor say it like this one, one time, that a, the poverty gospel cannot be the gospel because gospel means good news and there's nothing good about being broke, right? And then he said, but also, a prosperity gospel is not really a gospel because it's not really truly good news either. Because from the standpoint of this, you have a lot of dashed hope and faith whenever people aren't living in a mansion and driving a Lexus and they're building up all their treasures here on earth where moth and rust will destroy. That's the gospel when it comes to finances is a gospel of provision. That is how God reveals himself as the provider, okay? And now, once again, we believe in living in the overflow of God. But at the same time, in the same way that we believe in that, we believe the reason we live in the overflow of God and, 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 and the abundant increase of the Lord is because he wants us to be a place and a wellspring of provision for others that are in need, amen? So... Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these. Philippians 4, 8 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things, okay? So, if it's any of those things and you begin to think and, believe, and ask the Lord of those things, things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if you're believing for those things, I believe that God hears those desires of your heart and will be faithful to be who he said he'll be whenever you're faithful to be who you're supposed to be with your finances. When you're faithful to do what you're supposed to do with your finances. The problem with financial FOMO is this. It can lead us to forget the blessings that surround us. Because we get so focused on what we lack that we overlook the abundance that is already present within our lives. When we put our trust in God as our provider, we can find contentment in the knowledge that he knows what is best 
for us. Listen, God always knows what is best for you, not only in what you need and what you have, but also in the timing in which you get what you have. God always knows what is best for you. And you need to realize and come into this revelation, and we've said this numerous times in the series, but not all blessings are financial, okay? Whenever we get so focused on just finances, that's a problem. I believe that whenever I give in the tithes and offerings, I believe, yes, God's going to pour out blessings financially in my life. I do believe this, but I also believe that he's going to bless my family, that he's going to bless my kids, that he's going to bless my health, that he's going to bless my life, that his blessings are literally going to surround me and overtake me, and the favor of the Lord is going to be with me. I, you, you can't just think, oh, I'm giving, where's the next money? Oh, I'm giving, where's the next money? Oh, I'm giving, where's the next money? Oh, I'm giving, where's the money? Show me the money. You know, like, that can't be our mindset. Our mindset is we give because we're supposed to give and we love the Lord and we want to see the kingdom of God furthered in the earth. And now because I give, it's a sign of my trust saying I know that God will provide, but now he'll also provide in blessings that surround me and are all around me, okay? Because listen to this, the enemy of here is there. The enemy of here, where you're at right now, is there. We're talking about missing out. If you're always looking to the next there, you'll miss the beauty and the blessings of here. And listen to me, I've seen this happen. The fear of missing out financially can ruin marriages. It can destroy families. It can kill people prematurely because you're, you're always trying to work, 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 work nonstop. You're always working around the clock. You're working and you literally work yourself to death. You work so much so you can get more paychecks so you're never with your spouse. And then next thing you know, you're talking to people you shouldn't be talking to and you're in a bed with somebody you're not supposed to be in a bed with. Because all because you started chasing after one thing that was money and it led to a whole litany of problems. Or your kids, you don't have a strong family life home or your kids now don't want to go to church because well dad never has to go to church or mom never has to go to church because she's always at work every single Sunday so why do I have to go to church and then it's a slow fade and they slowly begin to uh, to walk away from the Lord listen to me all because of a of a of a problem of us chasing things that we were never supposed to chase and always looking to things that we were never supposed to have if you're always looking to the next there you'll miss the beauty and the blessings of here because this is, this is the tactic of the enemy. Listen to me. If the enemy can't get you to live in the shame of your past, he will attempt to get you off course in your future. That's good. Don't be ignorant of the schemes of the enemy. If, he, if the enemy can't get you to live in consistent, constant shame, then what he does is he presents opportunities. Because listen to me, the devil has no power in your life. Right. Amazing. <laughs> like... Sometimes I wonder, I'm like, you do realize that the, like, the devil has no power over you, right? If you are saved, blood-bought, Christian, you believe in the power of Jesus, then you have power and authority over all, 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 all power and authority over every enemy within your life and that you see. So that means this, the enemy actually doesn't power, have power over you. You empower the enemy through what you do. 
the things that you, that's why, that's why the Bible tells us to take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ is because he realizes that where the enemy, some of the places the enemy is going to attack you is in the area of your thought life. And so if he can't get you to live in the thoughts and shames of the mess ups that you did in your past, what he tries to do is set up places for you to look to. So you're constantly wanting a different future and you're misplacing your trust in who holds your future. He gets this by, he does this by getting you to chase things you're afraid of missing out on rather than walking in the spirit. And it is crucial that we find a balance between our financial ambitions and our faith. We have to find that balance between the two. We should continue to work diligently. You should always make wise financial choices, but at the same time, we should be prepared to surrender any fears, anxieties to the Lord. And listen, the Bible says, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. So listen to me, when you're dealing with and you're feeling that financial FOMO, that fear of missing out because you might possibly not have enough, I want you to cast that on the Lord. Don't hold it. Don't try to fight with it. Give it to the Lord. I know that's a really common, you know, if you want to say cheesy statement that we say sometimes, like, just brother, you should give it to the Lord. But there are some things that, man, there's no other option but just to give it to God and say, Lord, I need you right now. This is stressing me out. This is frustrating me. Man, I'm, I'm concerned about this, God. Show forth your provision in my life. Show forth your ways in my life. Because listen to me, we talked about this at the very beginning of this message. I made a statement that talked about us wanting to chase different paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And do what? In all your ways. How many ways? All your ways. Submit to him. And what's it say as a byproduct? He will make your paths straight. You don't Dad used to, when he'd preach on certain things, he'd get on this topic about people going around the mountain. <laughs> he'll be going around the mountain when he comes. She'll be going around the mountain. When she, she'll be going around the mountain. She'll be going around the mountain. She'll be going around the mountain. And then she'll be going around the mountain when she comes. Key change, okay? And so that's not a straight path. If you, con- if you consistently keep finding yourself at the same place, Why am I back here again? You're not really, it's because you're not trusting in the Lord. When you trust in the Lord, he makes your path straight, which means I can just continue to walk in the ways of the Lord and I can be freed from fear, anxiety, missing out, all these things. The, no, I'm, listen to me. I'm, I'm not saying that you'll never have a concern in your life, okay? But what I am saying is there will be an overwhelming peace even in the midst of those anxieties, even in the midst of the frustrations, even in the midst of the concerns. God will remind you of his peace in those moments. But if you continue to just look after other things and go after other things constantly, you will continuously go around the mountain and you will not have a straight path to your destiny and his provision because listen to me if you trust in God he will lead you to the provision and blessing that you need lean not on what you believe to be the best way if you believe it's the best way it's probably not there's a way that seems right to a man but in the end ends in destruction is what the scripture says 
Listen to me. If you think that all the ways and the things that you do are right, you're probably not, and you need to pray about it some more. You need to ask, Lord, Lord, is this what you would have for me? Lord, is this the way that you would want me to go? Lord, is this the path that you have? Is this the right way? Father, lead my steps. Direct the righteous man. Uh, uh, steps are ordered by the Lord. So, Lord, I just pray right now that you order my steps. Let me, let me just encourage you. Before you step foot into any new situation, any new, understand what I say the situation, I mean job, promotion, things like that. You pray and you ask, Lord, is this what you have for me? Because listen to me, more money doesn't always mean better job. More money doesn't always mean better spiritual walk. What are you, what is really important to you? Because I, I feel like that oftentimes with us, whenever we are praying, Lord, I just want you to show me your provision and show it forth in my life. And then all of a sudden we get word of a promotion that's, that's coming down the pipeline. Now, however, this promotion is going to have to cause me to miss church. It's going to have to cause me to miss me in time with my family. And listen, that's not the prosperity of the Lord. That is not the provision of God. God does not provide you a way out of your family. Okay. God wants you very much present with your family. But if you're constantly chasing after this and chasing after that, but missing here, it's not the provision of the Lord. I just go and tell you, it's not. If it's going to take you to a place that is going to harm your spiritual well-being, it's probably not of God. If it's going to take you to a place that's going to cause sin to abound within your life. It is definitely not of God. We need to get to such a point that we are more concerned with walking in the will of the Lord than gaining what we can gain here on earth. The will of the Lord is always greater than the money in your pocket. Unfortunately, in the society that we live in, that is not the case. And that's not what has been presented to us. We are such financial chasers. And we are always looking for the next buck. That's why there's... <laughs> that's why there's things out there that are inappropriate that people are doing so they can get more money in their back pockets. And doing things... That are caught, that, that it's getting more money in their pocket, but it's costing them their salvation. It's, I understand when I say their salvation. It's costing them their walk with the Lord. It's costing them their families. It's costing them their dignity. It's costing them their integrity. It's costing them more than the money they're making. And you need to count the cost every time before a big situation like that happens in your life. Before you start chasing a new venture, you need to lean on what God says about a situation more than what you think about a situation, okay? I'm coming to a close. Y'all still with me this morning? We're going to end early this morning. Right? Get a little, little, little early release this morning. I'm going to show you real quickly as we end a story. Um, Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17. Because of Jezebel and Ahab, um, they, they came in and they decided to establish idol worshiping amongst other things. And the city of Israel began to turn away from God. And so God sends a prophet by the name of Elijah. Elijah is sent to warn Israel 
and tell them, hey, turn away from idolatry and turn back to God. And it says this in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to read them. If you want to turn there, you can. You don't have to this morning. But 1 Kings chapter 17, 1 through 6 says this, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there will not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. So Elijah comes in here and is like, Listen, it's about to get real dry, okay? Which means this. Once again, let's go back to what kind of society are they? Agricultural. If they lose their water, they lose their monies. They lose their food. They lose their wealth. They begin to lose everything when they lose the water. So he comes in and basically says this, and then the Lord says immediately after that, hey, Elijah, get out. Because <laughs> obviously the Lord knew what Ahab's answer was and saw it and was like, okay, Elijah, it's time for you to get out. Go eastward to the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. Verse 4, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you, not Baltimore, <laughs> sorry, to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for, the, for he went and stayed in the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it's right after this that you see the brook dries up in this, in this text. The brook dries up not long after that. And then Elijah goes to the next place of provision, by the way. And it is a lady found, a widow, about to, to she's bundling up sticks and making one last cake. And she's saying, burn, baby, burn. And she's saying, bye-bye world, okay? Like, she's about to do this. And Elijah shows up. We talked some about it last week. And, and says, hey, make me a cake. And then she makes a cake. And her, we know that then it doesn't run dry. Her oil doesn't run dry, so on and so forth. And she continues to have provision. But where I want to look at just for a moment is this. Elijah had every right in this moment to be fearful of missing out on provision. But you think about this. Elijah goes before Ahab and is like, hey, everything's drying up. And there's going to be no rain here, no provision for you. And so you might want to change something. And Ahab's like, no, we're good. And so what he decides to do, then the Lord speaks and says, hey, go. Get out of, get out of Dodge. Get out of town. Go now. Not giving Elijah time to go pack a lunch, a dinner, or nothing. He just tells him, hey, I, God just says, I'm going to provide for you whenever you leave this place. Now, what would have made more sense for him to go bundle up as much as he could and then go? But no, the Lord tells him to go and he'll show forth his provision. Elijah had every right to be concerned that there would not be provision. How wild is it to say, hey, don't worry about it. I've got the ravens that are going to bring you food. You mean I have to eat food out of the mouth of a raven? Like he had it in his mouth first and now I have to eat it, God? Like for real? Are you kidding me? He says, I'll, I'll bring provision. I will bring meat and I will bring bread and there will be water that flows. What happens is Elijah trusts anyways. And where did it lead him? To a place of provision. Always waiting for the provision will leave you waiting for the provision. Think about, think about this. If Elijah went and did this and then goes back to his room or wherever, he goes back somewhere and he just goes and waits for the provision of the Lord, 
or waits right there in the king's court, and Ahab's court, and is like, okay, provide for me now. Okay, provide. If you're always, if you're never moving forward in what God's calling you to do, you'll always be stuck waiting for the provision. So there's still motion and there's still active and activity that needs to be going on so you can see the provision of the Lord. And we see that's what Elijah did. He went to the place he was supposed to go where the provision was. If Elijah decided to go somewhere else, there would have not been provision where he went. It is important that we walk in the ways of the Lord so we can see the provision of the Lord within our lives. The revelation of God as provider will free you from financial FOMO. So I'll put it to you in plain English for where you live. For you, cutbacks come, guess what? He is provider. Inflation happens and is happening, guess what? He is provider. Recession comes and has come, before and times past and Pastor Robert would get up here and could give testimony of how through through COVID, through uh, uh, Hurricane Michael, uh, and through just uh, the recession that happened years before that, guess what? The Lord did provide for high praise. You want to know why the Lord provided for high praise? I'm going to tell you right now. It's because that we have been faithful with what God has placed into our hands. They have been faithful with what God placed into our hands. I talked to them about that a couple of weeks ago, about just being a good steward, which doesn't mean you don't steward only if you have a lot. You steward no matter what you have. And no matter what has been in our hands, and this will be the testimony of high praise till kingdom come, is that we will continuously be faithful stewards over what God places into our hands. Your job changes, guess what? He is provider. You need a vacation, guess what? He, he provides. So some of y'all don't think, listen, I've seen people get free vacations. I've seen people be provided vacation that really, really needed it. I've been able to help provide vacation for people who really, really need it. Pastors Robert and Stacy can say that mom and dad can say the same thing because we live in a place of, once again, that blessing so that we can be a provision for those that are in need. Listen to me. So he will. You need a car? Listen, I've seen cars show up unexpectedly. He is provider. You, things look shaky all around you. Guess what? He is provider. You're going through family struggles. Maybe you're going through a divorce because of infidelity and things like that, and you're concerned about the finances. Guess what? He is provider. It may come in unorthodox ways. Ray was not the way that made sense and it may come in ways of checks in the mail it may come in ways of people paying for your groceries it may come in surprise bonuses it may come in the way of a sweepstakes win it may come in something like that but listen to me I have never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread if God's got to send red eyeball ravens into your house to drop off the blessings of the Lord God is provider and promises he will be that for you amen if he'll provide for Elijah, he'll provide for me. If he'll provide for Elijah, he'll provide for you. The economy says one thing, but my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I know the government rests upon his shoulders. And if he can make man from dust, if he can make ravens to bring food and oil to never run dry, then surely he can find a way to provide for me where I'm at now. And I know if everything belongs to him, and I'm a joint heir with Christ, then everything that he has is also mine. I've given this illustration before, 
And my dad's given this illustration as well. But obviously my dad is here today and we go over to their house sometimes and um, we lived there for a while too. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I never, because of how our household and our family, the way that we do life, is whatever you have, whatever he has, belongs to me too. I know that. I know I can call him tomorrow and be like, Dad, my car broke down. Can I borrow one of yours? He'd be like, yep, be over there in a minute. We'll get your car over there. And he'll, that's just the way we, that's the way we do life, okay? That's the, that's the way we roll, Dad's it. So I know this, that whenever I show up to their house, me and him like the same beverages too. Diet Mountain Dew, is that's the Lord's. Like, that really belongs to God. There's anointing oil in it, I'm pretty sure. I, they only make that with holy water. <laughs> so I can go over to his house, and I don't have to walk into his house and go, Father, Father, please spare a Diet Mountain Dew for me. <laughs> like, no, like, I can just walk in. I don't even have to ask him. I can walk in, open the fridge, take a Diet Mountain Dew, go sit down on his couch, pop it open across my leg, and, and drink it. I don't have to ask him because whatever is his is also mine. If you'll get this understanding that God looks at his children in that way, if, uh, the scripture says this, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? You just got to walk in an authority knowing that, listen, my God already owns everything around me. My God already, he owns the economy. God owns my job. God owns my workplace. God owns the money in my back pocket and the money I don't have yet. And no matter what, God will provide. If I just begin to ask and say, Lord, I have need of this. I need you to be my provider. I need you to show up in this time of need. I believe that God will show up and do exactly what he said he will do because we serve a provider who is faithful to the faithful. I serve a God of provision, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He's more than enough and will always be enough. And listen to me, if he's enough for the birds of the air and if he cares for the, for the, for the flowers and he cares for the birds, how much more does he care for his children? Listen, I ain't got FOMO. I serve the God of provision. So let that arise within you today and realize I don't have to be afraid of missing out because I know I serve a God who always provides all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Will you stand up to your feet this morning and give God a hand clap of praise because he's the provider. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In conclusion, let me just end with this thought real quickly. The fear of missing out in the financial world can be a powerful and destructive force but it does not need to be that which controls your life. And so let this word today just be a reminder that you don't have to chase after these things. You don't have to be destroyed by the money or by the concern of not having enough money, but rather you can just rest in knowing that God is provider, that he is Jehovah Jireh, and he will provide all my needs according to his riches and glory.
according to his riches and glory, according to his, what is his riches? It is everything. God has everything and will liberally pour out. He will pour out blessings upon you whenever you're faithful. When you're faithful with what's in your hand, God is faithful to his faithful. Let's pray this morning, church. Father, I thank you for this word today. Lord, let it be life to us. Let it be that of a reminder and a testimony of all the times that you've provided. Lord, even now we reflect and we remember time and time again where you've shown your hand of provision strong in our lives. So Father, we thank you and give you glory for that right now. Lord, I thank you that every word that's been spoken today, let it be encouragement today. Let us not be those that are afraid of missing out because of not having enough, but rather we know we have all our needs supplied for according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So Lord, help us. Holy Spirit, be the helper. Help us walk in your ways so that we will see the provision of the Lord in the land that we're living in now. So Lord, we give you everything. We give you all glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for everything you've done, you're doing, and you're going to do. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. We give God one more hand clap of praise, amen. Amen.